What's up, guys? Welcome back to Down and Duval, the podcast that covers everything NFL and Jacksonville Jaguars related. I'm your host, Josiah, and I'm excited to be joined today by a familiar face to many of our listeners. He's a Jaguars fan and a Twitter user who does not know ball. Uh, please welcome Brian to the show. Uh, what's Thank up, Brian? Glad to be back. It's been a while. Uh, the last time I was on a show with you was when I was in Tampa. So I'm in Daytona now. So a lot's changed. Um, and a lot's gone a lot better for the Jags too. So good things for me and the Jags. It's pretty nice to see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, in today's episode, we'll be taking a deep dive into the Jaguars free agency move so far, looking at who they brought in, who they let go and what these signings mean for the team's future. Despite his lack of football knowledge, we'll be getting some fresh perspective on the Jaguars roster from a passionate fan who's been following the team for years. So whether you're a Jags, Jaguars fan or just a football enthusiast, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Uh, let's dive right in. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, <laughs> all right. So first things first, uh, overall thoughts on Jaguars free agency moves so far. I mean, I'll go ahead and start. They haven't really done all that much. We'll talk about some of the signings they have done. But going into it, they weren't really expected to do much because we didn't really have much money. We kind of had to make some moves to free up some money. But, you know, it happens uh, to the best of us. And, I mean, I, I really like the team that we already have, that we've assembled. Uh, it, it really kind of put everything together. Didn't really need all that much. And... Uh, some people were mad that they didn't sign many people. Some people were fine with it, like myself. Uh, I think it happens. I don't think it's a big deal. But uh, how do you feel about the uh, overall free agency approach by the Jaguars? I, I kind of knew from the start we were never going to do anything, and Trent made it clear in a press conference, I think at the Combine, that they really weren't going to be active. They were going to be focusing on re-signing their own guys. Um, and that was very evident. They didn't do anything on the first, like the whole first week of free agency. And there was some fans freaking out like, oh, we're not getting better. It's like, what are we realistically supposed to do? We're bringing back about every single starter except maybe one, which, yeah, one, which is Juwan. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into, I'm sure. Um, but we did everything we needed to do. And we got a couple key, we got a couple depth signings that I think are going to be pretty nice for the team, especially Dearness Johnson, which we'll go more into that. But they did everything they needed to do, and people just need to take a deep breath, and we are going to be fine. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it. I think people, especially Jaguars fans, are used to winning the offseason, making big signings, all that yeah. stuff. But it's never really turned into actual wins and losses. Well, it's turned into losses, not wins. <laughs> but with the tides turning, I think it's nice to actually, as much as fun as it is to see you make key additions, and uh, see all that money be shelled out, it's nice for a change to uh, just have to watch everybody else to be overpaying and just know we have a solid roster. <clears throat> We're going to be able to build through the draft because you're not supposed to build a team through free agency. That's not sustainable. That's what we did in 2017, and it fell apart damn quickly. You build through the draft. You, you make solid picks in the draft. You develop your talent, and you re-sign your talent. That's how a proper team is built. That's how the Ravens have been built over the years. That's how the Chiefs have been built. That's how good teams are made. Right. So, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, get into some of the signings we have made. <laughs> so there's not many. None of them are huge names, but my favorite, and I think pretty much everybody's favorite signing, is D running back Dearness Johnson, who previously was with the Browns. Going to pop some highlights up right now of him. He's 
he's an interesting player because he's going to be RB2 for us immediately, in my opinion, because we did bring back um, Hasty. running back. Hasty. We did bring back Hasty. But Hasty is kind of a guy who just gets you what's what's blocked for. If if there's an open lane, he's going to hit the lane. He's going to get you the yards. But once he's once a guy is there to tackle him, he's going down. He's not breaking tackles. He's not making guys miss. He is just getting yardage that you are blocking for him. Dearness Johnson, on the other hand, it, he he did it against the Jaguars in the preseason before. Yeah. He can break tackles. He's shiftier than he tested pre-draft, and he has a, a pretty good yards per carry. I don't have his exact stat line on me. But he averages over five yards a carry for his career. It, he had a crazy journey. I don't know if you watched the video, but I see a lot of people on Twitter, including myself, who watched the video of his story uh, not getting drafted. His RAS score wasn't very good. Then going to the uh, AFL, I think it was. Um, believe, yeah. Trying there, going from practice squad to practice squad, or not in practice squad, just workout to workout. Then eventually getting a shot with the Browns where he – Got his shot when Chubb got hurt, and he looked damn good. So I think that was a huge signing for us. I don't know. I don't think they've released the exact details. I'm looking at Spot Rack right now, and they haven't released the exact details. He's 27. He uh, played for Cleveland, obviously. And, yeah, I think that was a huge signing because running back depth was a big thing for me personally because we could hand the ball off to Hasty and be fine, but it was never anything that was going to change the game. And if ETN fumbled the ball, you really had nobody you could create, you could rely on to actually get you down the field. So now that ETN has a proper RV2, I think that saves us a spot in a draft potentially, and it uh, gets us somewhere reliable. How do you feel about Dearness Johnson? I was a big fan. I was a big fan of him when he was starting with Cleveland. I thought he was really good. I thought he was phenomenal. I'm like, he's got, I remember talking in the chat. I'm like, this guy needs to start somewhere. He's, I mean, yeah, he's got a good offensive line, but just because it's a good offensive line doesn't mean that the player is going to be good. He hit the holes. He's shifty. He's quick. He's not speedy, but he's he's got enough speed to get those chunk yards. He's not a ETN where he hits the home run ball, but he gets enough done to where he can get those big chunk yards. Kind of like Robinson, but he's better than Robinson. He games Robinson. Um, he's also the best pass blocker on the team now. He's very, very good in pass pro. So when he's on the field, it's pretty evident that we're most likely passing with an opportunity to also get him the ball. If Trev, Trev wants to check it down or throw up, you know, whatever. But we uh, we got better in that department, and it's probably going to eliminate the need for a running back in the draft. Maybe a late guy to uh, compete for running back three. I don't know what's going to happen with Snoop Connor, but I think uh, easily my favorite signing, and I think he's going to do well for us. Yeah, that was actually a good point about the uh, pass blocking because – that was one of ETN's biggest issues is he just wasn't that good at pass blocking, whether it was awareness, his just ability to make the blocks. He wasn't yeah. very good at it. Dearness Johnson has been pretty good at it. So he could serve to be a pretty good third down back for that. Give Trevor a little bit more protection. And like you said, free up a potential draft spot. Like I didn't think the Jags were going to pick running back before round three, before day three in the first place. Right. But now if they pick a running back at all, it'll definitely be probably around six or seven. Yeah. If somebody falls, shoot, take them. But yeah. it, re it really allows them to not have to target that department. And I'm a fan. I think it's a, it's a good thing. So let's move on to Michael Dogby. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. 
he's a defensive tackle, big end type player. He uh, came from, not Carolina, from Arizona on a one-year, $1.08 million deal. Um, $25,000 guaranteed. He's uh, 26.8, so he's essentially 27 years old. He's just another depth piece. That's what they did. They uh, also signed Henry Mondo from the Giants. I don't know his uh, contract details, but they're both defensive tackles. They're both defensive tackle depth. Uh, a guy like Corey Peters that you had last year, he they did not return him because he's like 34. Bringing in Dogby and Mondo is essentially replacing Peters with younger guys that could do essentially the same thing. They're not needle movers, but they do help in the department of our depth isn't as bad as it was now. I still think we could draft the defensive tackle fairly high. I still think we could draft the defensive end very high. These guys don't really move the needle defensive draft-wise unless it's like day three. Even then, they're just bodies that'll be there for camp, might make the roster, might not, and uh, all that jazz. Uh, How do you feel about these signings? Well, we needed depth. I was very adamant of expecting them to draft some, or not draft, but get some free agents in the depth area because we were pretty much set on starters. We've got in a 3-4, it's probably Roy on the outside, uh, Fatu Kasi in the middle, and then who's on the left side? Maybe Smoot, if he's if he's healthy. He's, and, he's not re-signed yet, so no, that's right. to be determined. Yeah, if he resigns, <clears throat> he'll probably be in that spot or somebody else. But we just need depth. We had we which we struggled with last year, and it showed, especially in the AFC divisional round. Um, and I'm very excited to see what they do in the next coming weeks if they do continue to sign any depth, especially in the secondary. It's not out of the question uh, to sign maybe a nickel, but at this point, I would not be surprised if they go nickel in round one. I really hope it's Brian Branch. Not because my name is Brian, because he's a really good player. Let's get real. It's partially because his name is Brian. It is. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm a big Brian fan. Brian Fance? Brian Branch fan, by the way. He is a good player, but uh, we know you're a big fan of him because he's got your name, bro. You don't have to hide it. I'm getting his jersey if he gets drafted. That's all I know. He's on my guys list, so I might have to contemplate the same decision. But yeah, I mean, those are really the only additions the team made. They uh, did re-sign a lot of guys, though. They brought back Andrew Wingard. So it was always the Jags is back, baby. Let's go. Let's clap Love it up that. for Andrew Wingard. Get in the bag. He's a, He should be a Jaguar for life, in my opinion. Like He, he never has to be a great player, but he's a, he's a good rotational player, good special teams player. He just feels like Jacksonville. He should be Jack. He should be back. Uh, he should be a Jaguar for life. Uh, Chris Manhurts went to Denver. Arden Key went to Tennessee. That one was an interesting one. We'll actually talk about that right now. Arden Key. They uh, apparently were rumored to be trying to sign him for a while, uh, and then it never happened. Tennessee signed him to a three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal, which good for him getting the bag. He's been on a one-year deal for the longest time. I get him wanting to get the bag. I guess he said the offer was disrespectful from the Jaguars, which I feel like anytime a player doesn't get re-signed with their team, they say the prior team's offer was disrespectful. Yeah. We'll never know what he actually got, but it is tough to see a a player like him go, but he was a rotational guy. He's not irreplaceable. Some people thought it was the end of the world that we didn't re-sign him. 
I'm fine with it. And the fact that he went to Tennessee, all right, let's beat him two times a year for the next three years. I see it as a um, 21 mil. He he might be a starter for them. I mean, I don't think their D line's that intimidating now. I mean, they're they're kind of in limbo. I don't really know what they're going to be doing in the draft and. Who knows what's going to happen with Tannehill? There's rumors are spreading about him possibly being traded, released. They said he's his quarterback, but let's be real, he's aging. But I, he he might start. He he definitely got money to be a starter, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does on the team. I won't be watching him for obvious reasons, but I wish him the best of luck. Everyone else in the chat just slammed the hell out of him. But, you know, I understand why he did it, and I did find his comment about changing the city. Very funny. It <laughs> was yeah. a great meme. <laughs> Arden Key, you know, Jacksonville would not be the city we are without Arden Key. He founded this city. He built this city from the ground. <laughs> you know, he honestly had a bigger effect on this. He he should be the he should have the nickname the mayor, not Calais Campbell, who we'll talk about later. Okay. Arden Key, he he's a special human being. Jacksonville would not be Jacksonville without Arden. He is the key to Jacksonville. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. But yeah, uh, my main thought is uh, thank you for the comp pick, bro. <laughs> yeah, really. Appreciate that. Uh, speaking of comp picks, Jawan Taylor, like Brian mentioned a bit ago, the only starter we lost was right tackle Jawan Taylor, who earned a four-year $80 million deal from the Kansas City nice. Chiefs. And the crazy part about it is he's not going to play right tackle. He's going to play left tackle for the Chiefs, uh, a position he has never played in the league and honestly, it's been so long. I don't even remember if he played it at Florida. I pretty, I'm pretty sure he was a right tackle at Florida as well. But good for you know what? I, I like Jawan Taylor because he's he's a Gator. He uh, played he played well for us in his last year. Uh, I'll, I'll clap I'll clap it up for him getting the bag. Uh, but I was not going to pay that kind of money to him. And uh, I don't think we should be mad that we let him go because let's let's get real. Everybody hated the guy for the entire time he was in Jacksonville. And as soon as he leaves, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> I I don't think it's that kind of thing. Obviously, I wanted him back. I would have loved to have him back. He's a good player now. But he's not $80 million worth. And he's it'll be interesting to see how he plays at left tackle. I mean. He's more athletic than happens. Orlando Brown was. So yeah. he <laughs> yes, has a chance yeah. to be pretty decent. I mean, I think he, I don't think he's worth that money. But. I think he'll be a fine left tackle. I think he, he went to the right team to do it. The Chiefs have a really – I think they have, like, a really good offensive line coach. Andy Reid will know what to do with him, and his athletic ability will make it easier for him to transition compared to Orlando Brown, who's not really a left tackle. He should stay at right tackle. But I think Jawan will do well, and I, I hope he goes off. I really do. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, uh, the Chiefs is a good spot for him because Jawan's issue – he's a great pass protector. His issue is when it comes to run blocking. And uh, the Chiefs are known for being a drop-back, throw-it-downfield team with Patrick Mahomes. So yep. him finding a team where he can he can protect a quarterback who has good pocket presence like Mahomes, who can get the ball out, where he's not having to run block as much as he is for us. Right. It's just, it's just a better scheme for him, yep. uh, which good for him uh, getting that bag and moving on. So uh, that means it is Walker Little season in Duval. Um I personally wanted Walker Little to be the left tackle, but I'm fine with him being the right tackle. I think what you could do is you could have him at right tackle for a year, get the out on Cam next year, 
and uh, move somebody else in at left tackle, or not left tackle, move somebody else in at right tackle next year, whether you draft them in this year's draft, sign them next year in free agency, or draft them next year in free, ag free agency, draft them next year in the draft. Uh, and then you can move Walker back to left tackle. Or if he's an amazing right tackle, you just keep him at right tackle. Whatever the team decides to do, they have a lot of routes to go there. I just don't think Juwan Taylor was somebody you could bring back for that option. Um, Chris Manhurts, like I said, went to Denver for two years, $6 million. That could be another comp pick. Uh, Juwan Taylor's going to net us a third-round pick, almost for sure. Yeah, uh, pretty much guaranteed. Arden Key's probably going to net us a fifth or sixth. Uh, and then Manhurts might net us a seven. Right. Which, if that if that is the case, uh, I don't know what the streak is. Let me look it up. What's uh, the streak of Jaguars not getting comp picks? We didn't go. We went a thirteen year streak of not having a compensatory pick, and that'll likely end. That's going to end in twenty twenty four. And uh, what's crazy is we could end up with three comp picks. That's so why? I think that's a sign of we're actually producing good talent. Rather than being the team who has to sign 100 people every every year, we're the team other people are signing from. And right. I think that's good to hear. We also brought back Adam Gotsis, uh or Alex Clancis. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, brought back Trey Hearn. We brought, Adam Gotsis actually got two years, $2.8 million. So it's good to see him locked in for a little bit. He's it's been a good player for us. Yeah, he's a good run defender. We need that. Uh, Trey Herndon is back to many, to the dismay of many. Josina he's back Anderson's, on a. Justinus Anderson said he wasn't coming back, and then he came back, and everyone was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, I he's guess the market wasn't that great, and we were probably offering the best money. I mean, that's the only explanation. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a. The issue with uh, Herndon is people hate him, kind of the same way they hated Wingard. He's not a guy who should start, but he keeps end up starting because we have injuries. Mm -hmm. So if there's not many good depth corners that you're going to get anyways. So I think Herndon is a fine depth player. Hopefully he doesn't start again this year. He's on a one-year $2.5 million deal, which it's fine money for him. I don't really mind it. As long as he stays depth, that's what matters. Right. Um, aside from that, that's really all the moves that have happened. Uh, other guys that are still in free agency from the Jaguars – the Jaguars cut Shaquille Griffin. We can mention that, actually. Uh, he is gonzo. That freed up some cap. Uh, I think everybody was ready to move on from Shaquille Griffin. Uh, he was great his first year with us, and then last year it was uh, rough. Hmm. I'll burnt let you talk about how it was rough. He, he got burnt. I, I remember it very clearly, the Colts game. He got burnt by Alec Pierce, a Sean guy. And I'm like, I think that's when everybody was done with him. It was bad. And I, we, we, I think we could have won that game had it not had that not happened. But he just got torched, and that was it. And then there was the meme of him slamming the ground. And I think, who was it in the background that was just like, like Probably what the hell? Tyson. <laughs> it might have been, but it was bad. He, he was just – and then there was a video of, or a picture of him eating junk food or looked like junk food. I can't remember what. Uh, he was advertising for a fast food restaurant right and that's just kind of the jokes right it's the jokes right themselves kind of deal but and then the back injury too so so they say uh he probably wasn't, he wasn't around right. the team either during our uh playoff run that's nah, about that spoke volumes about 
him as honestly says a lot about him as, as a person like even if you know you're going to be gone from the team or you know your your future's in question out with the team be there with your brothers at that at the end of the day they're still your brothers and he just did not do that and his loss i guess is he even did he even sign with anybody or is he still a free agent he is still a free agent currently that says a lot yeah, uh, other free agents from the Jags that are still available are Marvin Jones, who maybe he comes back eventually if nobody else bites, and he comes back for like a one-year vet minimum, yeah. maybe one-year, one or two million dollars, just comes back to be with the team, try and win a chip. Uh, Dwayne Smoot is a uh, free agent, which he's an interesting one. Uh, it depends, because he's obviously not going to get offered a lot of money from us, because of the injury, but I don't know if he's going to get offered much from anybody else either. So we'll see if he returns. Uh, if he returns, that'll be cool. I, I doubt he'll play day one. He'll probably come back mid-season, late season, which that'd be a great addition at that point. But hopefully his Achilles is all right. Hopefully he's recovering, and uh, I'd love to see Dwayne Smoot back, but I wouldn't mind it if he went elsewhere either. Uh. Last two free agents from the Jaguars are Dan Arnold and Corey Peters, which I don't imagine Corey Peters returning, and Dan Arnold, who knows if he'll return. Uh, any of those guys you'd bring back? No. I mean, Corey Peters is 34. It's self-explanatory. Dan Arnold barely touched the field. It's, it's not really worth it. I'd rather just have Ingram, Farrell, rookie, and probably another rookie or maybe a, another vet or something like that. I'd definitely look into getting a a receiving tight end maybe Darnell Washington will be available I mean he's a pass more of a pass a blocker but he's got the potential to be a really good pass or uh pass catcher and he's also on my agenda so a little biased but Darnell Washington is definitely definitely a fun player um another move that could happen in the near future is uh Calais Campbell actually the mayor visited the jet the Jacksonville Jaguars uh this past week and uh He's got a couple visits going, but uh, Trent and uh, Doug mentioned that they agreed to revisit it after the owners uh, and just the, the meetings going on this week. After all that, they said they'd revisit it and see if it'll happen. So uh, the mayor may be returning to Duval. Uh, how would you feel about that, man? I, I don't see why anybody wouldn't want that. There's like, like one person I've seen that was like, ah, he's too old or there's no reason to bring him back. It's like, first of all, he's going to be depth. He might have a couple games where he starts or, you know, depending on the the day, on the week, he might get some starting reps. But at the end of the day, he's going to be rotational considering his age. But I'm all for it. Like, bring the guy back. He deserves a ring, and this is the year to do it. And I think it would just bring another level of excitement to the franchise and to the team and to the fan base, bringing back somebody that meant a lot to Duval in 2017. So I, I say they need to try to do it. Yeah, man. Uh, just as soon as Calais got released by the Ravens, everybody was like, bring the mayor back, bring the mayor back. Yeah. But the fact that he actually came on a visit to Jacksonville showing that there is mutual interest there is just super exciting because he could fit that Arden Key role as a role player who plays under half the snaps but still right. makes a big impact because Calais isn't who he used to be. He's not like a defensive player of the year candidate anymore, but he can still play. He He's still a guy. So he would definitely not just be, oh, bringing back a guy the fans love. He'd be bringing back a guy the fans love, but a guy who could actually impact the team. And right. 
I don't know how expensive he'd be, but I don't particularly care because it can't be too much. Yeah. And if you have a chance to bring him back for a potential one last hurrah Super Bowl run, bring him back to Duval where hopefully he reti- he'd retire as a Jaguar. Yeah. I think that's a dream come true for everybody. And if that happened, I would be chanting Super Bowl until I have no breath left. <laughs> Another move the Jags made was uh, they franchise tagged Evan Ingram. Uh, apparently conversations were going on for a while that they were trying to get a deal done. Then something happened. Uh, rumors were his agent became goofy. I don't know much <laughs> about that de- details, but all I know is that uh, Evan Ingram is going to be, is on the franchise tag right now. I don't know if, I don't think he signed it yet. No, he hasn't. uh, that does, that doesn't happen until later. So they still could get a deal done, but there's a good chance he goes into the season on another one year deal. And, uh, if that happens, I think Evan Ingram could have fumbled because there was multiple free agent tight ends, Mike Gusecki, um, Dalton Schultz, who got nothing. They got they got absolutely nothing in free agency, and that is yep. not a good sign for Evan Ingram. So hopefully things get worked out with Evan Ingram because everybody wants Evan Ingram back. I want Evan Ingram back. He's, he could easily be the franchise best tight end if he just sticks around. Uh but at worst, he's here for one more year. Let's win a chip and see what happens after then. Uh, right. Got any thoughts on Evan? I think they'll get a deal worked out. I think the the agent kind of screwed the pooch, if you will. And I think they just need to try to get a deal done. And I think his best his best years are with Jacksonville, where the scheme fits him best and the coach knows how to use him. He, he may go elsewhere maybe after his year, but I think he's best here. And I think he probably knows that. But if his agent keeps playing games, it's he's going to only be here for a year and that's it. And they're going to end up finding a rookie to eventually replace him. Which, if they do draft a rookie early, I think that's going to be pretty telling of their stance with the, with Evan's agent. But we will see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, speaking of, we can go ahead and talk about it. Free agency. I don't think it really changed too much of, our, of the draft. Like I said, we probably won't draft a running back. Uh... And the tight end, if we draft a tight end early, it could say uh, about their thoughts on Evan Ingram going forward. Uh, I still think the Jaguars' biggest need is nickel and uh, pass rusher. They could use another pass rusher on the edge. Um, They could use another corner to eventually just become the outside corner. I think they could use a a still a good defensive tackle. Like if you have a chance to get a Brian Breesey, Kalijah Kansi type thing, uh, you could bring them in. But overall, I don't think free agency really changed their uh, their draft position, and I still think it's a wild card where they could go. Uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens on draft day. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the NFL draft, free agency, uh, how those could impact each other so far? I don't think anything they've done in free agency has affected what they'll do in the draft, but I do think that there's probably three positions they're going to be looking at heavily in round one, and it's going to be nickel, defensive end, slash edge, slash outside linebacker depending on how you look at it and i would even say guard i mean i don't know what they view of barch as in terms of how good he'll be i love the guy he's one of my agendas as well on my agenda but if they don't draft a guard early that speaks for itself on uh barge but i do think they will draft a right tackle slash a wing tack or swing tackle to compete with walker for the right tackle job and the loser becomes the swing and if for some reason Walker loses, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves to left tackle the next year after Cam probably gets released. But if Walker wins the job, 
I think his chances of staying at right tackle go up, especially if he does really well. If he outperforms what they expect, he's probably going to stay there and they just stick with Cam. And that's fine, honestly. At the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the for the offensive line. If Walker's best at right tackle, then so be it. But I think he's naturally better at left tackle. Yeah, for sure. That That's kind of where I sit as well. Um, but yeah, overall, he's talked about the free agency moves. I mean, what other free agency moves, just NFL-wise? Javon Hargrave got a bag from uh, San Francisco. Derek Carr to New Orleans for a bag. Mike yeah. McGlinchey to... Mike McGlinchey to Denver for a bag. Jimmy G to Las Vegas for a bag. Tremaine Edmonds to Chicago for a bag. Orlando Brown to Cincinnati. Orlando Brown contract. Orlando Brown's contract is crazy. He got thirty-one million dollars guaranteed, and it all came on day one. That's wild. like he would. He woke up the Sunday after he signed that contract with thirty-one million dollars in his bank account. <laughs> And there's not a single guaranteed dollar for the rest of that contract. Like, I don't, that's I don't crazy think that's good, to me. I don't think that's a good thing. I think that's kind of a bad thing because they could just get rid of him pretty quickly. It's bad for him. I mean, right. he's still got his money. Right. But for them, it's good because, like, if he sucks, they could just dump him with no worry. Right. And they have I mean, my him, so. Yeah. Jesse Bates went to Atlanta for a bag. Dalvin Tomlinson to Cleveland. What other? What were some other fun moves? Uh, Adam Thielen to Carolina. That was an interesting. Chark went to Carolina. Yeah. Um, Josh Oliver, former Jag, went to Minnesota. He's going to be the backup to Hawkinson. So that's going to Minnesota. That, Josh be Oliver in Minnesota. That'll be a decent. That'll be a good team, depending on how Kirk is again this year. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fun moves, and we're still waiting the Aaron Rodgers trade, which who knows if it's going to happen. They're a stalemate. They're just staring at each other, waiting for someone to make a move. And I, it's the longer they wait, the worse it is for both teams because they both were uh, handicapped going into free agency because they had to wait to see what happens with Rodgers and his contract, which affects their salaries, and nothing happened. So they basically missed out on free agency, free agency for the most part. So I think it's hysterical. Yeah, I mean. I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers at this point. It's like, bro, you're, you're getting in the wall. You're 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 declining, and at this point, it's like, just make your decision, bro. And I think he has made his decision. Now it's just the teams. Yeah, like it was Aaron Rodgers for a long time, and now it's the teams because the Packers want more. The Jets don't want to give up as much, but obviously the and the Jets said they wanted they want Aaron Rodgers. They they said they're not interested in Lamar Jackson, who just requested a trade, by the way. Um, so they basically just said, yeah. Uh, I, who do you think has the leverage in this situation, the Packers or the Jets? I think the Packers do because it's their – It's worst case, the Packers just say, whatever, we're just going to release him or somebody else maybe wants him. It's like you don't give him up, and they, they might have to release him. They're not going to pay him that money. So I guess you could say Rodgers has the leverage because either way, he's going to get a bag from either team. But Packers the, Jets have a, the Jets don't have a quarterback. The yeah, Packers so have Jordan have Love, no regardless. They have no advantage here. And there is a rumor that their secondary option, if they can't get Rodgers, is Stafford. And I don't know about that. I mean, he was hurt all last year, but they're, they're, they're really playing with fire right now. Because if they can't get their guy with that roster, the window is going to close very quickly. In a very good AFC. AFC. Yeah, it, it's just interesting to see what will happen. I hope he retires just so it'll be the most 
the the, the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Saga ever. It would be the most. I would laugh so hard. Everyone would be like, "Wow, they wasted over a month just for the guy to say, you know what, I'm retiring." And then they're both, and the Packers are like, "Okay, that's fine. We got love." And then the 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 Jets are like, "Well, we've got nobody. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do?" Run it back with Zach Wilson, baby. Let's go. I guess so. But yeah, that's a wrap for today's episode of Down and Duval, guys. I want to thank Brian for joining me on the show and sharing his thoughts on the Jaguars free agency moves. Uh, before we sign off, I want to remind our listeners to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating review uh, wherever you're watching this podcast. Appreciate all the feedback. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Brian on Twitter at B underscore Roni underscore. You can follow me at Raining Games with two S's, or you can follow the podcast Twitter at Down and Duval. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners and uh, incorporating your feedback in a future episode. So uh, thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time on Down and Duval. Peace guys.